Well, I want to welcome you to the Hills Church at Home. Uh, always encourage you to go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. Download the message notes. Also, on the message notes are going to be a section for communion. On the very first Sunday of the month, we always take it an opportunity to receive communion together. And so even at the end, whether you're uh, watching or listening, take time whether you're with your family, by yourself, maybe you're listening with a coworker, take time to receive communion. Also, uh, this today is a day that we celebrate as Pentecost Sunday. You can go back and you can read Acts chapter 2 to see the beginning of the church where 120 were assembled and the Holy Spirit came. I encourage you to go read Acts chapter 2. Um, but also... On our website, if you have a prayer request, please click on that link and send us a prayer request so that we can be praying with you as well, too. Well, my title today, and I'll get to it in a minute, is Upside Down. Upside Down. We're taking this summer, we're going to be going through uh, the Beatitudes, which is in Matthew uh, 5 through 7, back kind of calling it the Summer uh, on the Mount, because this is the Sermon on the Mount. And we look at some of those Beatitudes that Jesus did. Well, let me read to get started today with Upside Down. Keep that thought in your mind. I'm going to read the first 12 verses out of Matthew chapter 5. And it says these things. And seeing the multitudes, Jesus, he went up on the mountain and he was seated. And when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets that were before you. So in a quick little introduction, uh, Jesus is teaching his disciples, but all of a sudden we know the multitudes come. This could have been one of the teaching moments that had one of the largest crowds, but Jesus first sits down to teach. He has his disciples and people begin to come and he talks to them about being blessed or what I use that phrase of the word upside down. Well, let's think of a few things that we think of upside down. Have you ever had pineapple upside down cake? That's where you take a pan, you put brown sugar in, you put your 
pineapple rings. You put your cherries in the pineapple rings. Then you put your cake batter. Then you bake it, and then you flip it upside down at the end. It's a pineapple upside down cake. You ever wonder who discovered that? I'm sure it was a mistake that somebody thought they were putting in the batter and did the opposite. There's also a recipe out there. I've never tried it, but there's a recipe for upside down pizza. And you start first with your toppings and then your cheese and then your sauce and then your dough. And you do the exact same thing like the pineapple upside down cake. You bake it, then you turn it upside down. Not really sure if that would be something that would be excited about. There was something that started years ago, the upside down Christmas tree. Maybe you've heard about it. And um, it started years ago, basically for people that would have, they didn't have a lot of space and they would do an upside down Christmas tree. It was always safe around the kids and the pets. And again, it gave everybody a little bit more space. We use, we use the phrase upside down on like a car loan where you owe more on the loan than your vehicle's worth. Or it was said of um, uh, properties before too. Maybe you owed more than the property's worth. Don't know if those equate to today's market, but you would be upside down on a loan. The other one, remember, bats sleep upside down. Also, when you think of communication just over the last 20 years, our communication from the internet, cell phone, social media has turned the way we communicate upside down. It's instant. Well, keep in mind that phrase upside down because Jesus is going to teach here about a set of principles that are completely upside down to how the world and the culture operates. But I wanted us to remember this. The very last verse and the very last word of the Old Testament we read in the book of Malachi. In fact, we read in Malachi chapter 4, verse 6, it said this way. And he, this is talking about Elijah. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. Elijah being that figure that did not die, Elijah being one of the ones we, we would read about um, or speculate that is going to be one of the two witnesses in the, in the last days in the book of Revelation. But notice the very last word of the book of Malachi is the word curse. Okay? Is the word curse. Well, if we take that from Jesus's teaching to the very first word that we read in Mark chapter 5 of Jesus' spoken word is the word blessed. So the Old Testament ends with the word called curse. The New Testament, or Jesus' teaching, starts with one word, the word is blessed. But everything that Jesus talks about is a little bit upside down, isn't it? So if I were to ask you to think about who outside of Jesus in the Bible, the characters of the Bible, starting in the book of Genesis all the way through Revelation, even though the uh, Revelation was given to John, who would be the most unique figure that Jesus would refer to? Well, we think about people like Moses, which is the one not only that led the exodus of the children of Israel, but brought the law, right? The Old Testament law. 
he could be a figure. What about Elijah? Because we refer to the law and the prophets and the prophet Elijah is the always the one thought about the miracles that Elijah did. Elijah, who did not die, that was taken up to heaven on a chariot. We think about David, the man after God's own heart. We think of Esther and Ruth, and we think of all the different people through the Old Testament. Well, what about in the New Testament? What about Peter, as we would uh, even recognize and celebrate today, the Pentecost? Peter preaching the first sermon of the church, and 3,000 get saved. How about the Apostle Paul, who persecuted the church unto death, and now is changed and writes two-thirds of the New Testament? Well, it's none of that. Ups, remember, upside down. Who is the one that Jesus is going to choose out of the entire Bible as somebody that he's going to reflect on? It's going to be John the Baptist. In fact, we read about this in Matthew chapter 11, verse 11, and it says this, Assuredly, I say to you, among those born of women, there has not risen one greater than John the Baptist, but he who is least in the kingdom of God, of heaven is greater than he. He who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Jesus said the greatest one born of woman was John the Baptist. Now, remember this. John the Baptist is Jesus's cousin, at least six uh, months older than Jesus. Jesus will declare him as the greatest man that ever lived until that time. John had no possessions. John had no home. He lived in the wilderness. He dressed in camel hair and a leather belt. He ate locusts and wild honey. He was not a part of a religious system. He had no financial, military, or political power at all. In fact, he preached a message that in the world's eyes was completely irrelevant and absurd. By worldly standards, he was a misfit and a failure, yet he received Jesus's highest praise. What was his message? Repent and be baptized. Repent and be baptized. In fact, we know that we read on that um, he was talked to by the religious leaders of the day, wondering if he was the Christ, and he would specifically say, I am not the Christ. You know, we live in a day when people are looking for um, social admiration, social media, the amount of likes that you have, the amount of impressions that you have to drive up your brand, to be called an influencer. And when the opportunity came, because John was baptizing people, John quickly chose to say that he was not the Christ. You know, we think of Jesus uh, growing up, and we think of uh, everything upside down, how he came. Born in a manger, not in a palace. In fact, the very first words that we read about Jesus speaking is not when he's a baby, but it's when he's 12 years of age. In fact, we read that in Luke chapter 2, verse 49. He's been missing now for three days. 
His parents just started to get concerned, thinking that he was traveling with other family. And yet when they find Jesus at the age of 12, which if you can remember back at the age of 12, I bet you said some really smart Alec things that you could take back or that you got in trouble for. But listen to what Jesus says. He said to them, why do you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they did not understand the statement that he spoke to them. Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? 12 years of age, not released into his ministry, not being filled with the Holy Spirit or baptized by John the Baptist, but he knew that he was about he was about his father's business. I pray when your feet hit the floor tomorrow morning, that the very first words that come out of your mouth are not, I need coffee, or it's Monday morning, but it's the words like Jesus said, today I must be about my father's business. Whether you go to a school that you teach, whether you go to an office that you're working or you're starting your business, you are about your father's business. Upside down, isn't it? Then Jesus, again, the first words of scripture reading that we see, besides what we read really in Matthew chapter five, is when he's baptized, led into the wilderness, then comes out of the wilderness in power, goes into the synagogue, opens up the scroll to Isaiah chapter 60, and he reads these words, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to set at liberty all those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, to preach the gospel to the poor. Now, not just as we see in the Beatitudes, the poor that don't have anything, the poor in spirit, the spiritually, they're spiritually bankrupt. Now, if we were to take uh, Matthew chapter 5 through 7, the Sermon on the Mount. But we were to bookend them. We know that Jesus taught. We know that Jesus preached. There's a little bit difference. But I want to show you these two verses that kind of bookend these events. We read this in Matthew chapter 4, verse 23. Now remember, this is before he's going to do that Sermon on the Mount. Jesus went all about Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of disease among the people. So what do we read? Teaching in the synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Well, let's fast forward. Let's go to the other book in, in Matthew chapter 9 and read the very similar account in between the Sermon on the Mount. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, 
preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Bookend. Right? So not only is he teaching and preaching, but he is healing. In fact, that's the most important part for us to see is healings and miracles are the power of the kingdom. Jesus is teaching and preaching the way of the kingdom, the upside down from the culture. This is how my kingdom works. And in my kingdom, we also heal the sick and have miracles. So when we read that again in Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 12, let me read that again. Think of this as upside down. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my namesake. Notice what he's been saying. Blessed, 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 blessed. And now he says this, rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven for so they persecuted the prophets that were before you many times we forget that word rejoice is to remember the reward in heaven we think only of the earthly rewards we don't think of the heavenly rewards you know, the word blessed really can be translated this way. Living in a state of the blessing that already exists. Let me say that again. Blessed. Living in the state of the blessing that already exists. Well, we just read it, that very last word in Malachi is the word curse. Jesus starts out with the word blessed. It's interesting. There are eight statements that each open with the word blessed, and you didn't do anything to receive the blessing. Eight statements. Blessed. You didn't do anything to receive the blessing. All of us throughout the year, we celebrate a birthday. On our birthday, we typically get a, a card. Uh, in our family, they'll write things about us, what we mean to them. Many of us will receive messages on social media. Some of us will receive phone calls and texts. And it is people blessing you because it's your birthday. Christmas. We celebrate one another. We give one another gifts. We write cards. We talk about what a blessing that you are in those cards on that day. 
Well, these are eight sayings that didn't have anything to do for you receiving the blessing, but Jesus is now commanding and saying that you are blessed if you do these things. So in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be looking and breaking down these eight things as we go on through the Sermon on the Mount or the Summer uh, on the Mount. But let me pull out one of them uh, that's a little unusual to us sometimes. Jesus used these words in verse, um, verse number five. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. You know, whenever I think of the word meek, I think of the word weak, right? Somebody's meek. Oh, they're meek, weak, weakness. But actually, uh, in the Greek, it's the word it's the word power under control. Let's first think of this. Jesus operated in meekness. Jesus went through the temple twice overturning the tables, made a whip, drove out the animals, threw over the money changers tables, and he got angry and he did not sin. Meekness, power under control. In the face of the religious leader saying that he was full of the devil, in the face of Pilate, in the face of those mocking him on the cross, when he could have called down legions of angels, he had power under control. In fact, in the Greek, the word meek gives us this picture. It's the picture of a horse that has been broken so that somebody can ride it. Okay, think about that. The, the horse, the wild horse that somebody will break and bring under control. Now, if you've ever gone horseback riding, Typically, in any of the orientation or introductory comments, they will tell you this. The horse is going to try to take advantage of you. The horse senses weakness. The horse senses fear. If you're afraid of that horse, the horse is going to know it, and it's not going to reply to anything that you do. That's why sometimes when you see kids on a horse and they're pulling back the reins, they're turning the reins, they're doing whatever, the horse is not paying attention. In fact, sticks its head down and eats whatever is down at its feet. A horse, they they uh, many times will let you know by the ears you can understand where they're angry. If you've ever gone horseback riding, many times what those horses try to do is rub your legs up against a fence or a tree, and you got to show them who's boss because they have the power. In fact, realistically, they have control over you, but they've been broken to the place where they are power under control. That's what that means. Moses operated in power under control. Jesus was the one that operated. In fact, meek people see themselves as servants of God. I must be about my father's business. Meek people have the power of God, but it's under control. Weak people have it opposite. Weak people have out of control power or power that they think. And that's why Jesus is going to talk about an upside down meekness, power under control. 
So stay with us for the next couple of weeks. We break down these and some of the other topics and teachings that are, are here as we go through those topics that Jesus mentions. Remember, it's upside down. Not a curse, but you're blessed. You didn't do anything to earn it. But now Jesus is saying simply, receive that you are blessed. If you're listening today and you've never made Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, it's the most important prayer that you'll ever pray. And I encourage you to make that commitment today. You know, Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10 says these words, that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Pray this prayer with me. In fact, even if you're running from the Lord, take this as an opportunity today to run back to him. Pray this with me. Dear God, I believe that Jesus lived, died, and rose again for me. I accept him as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for forgiving me of all of my sins. And today, I'm in your family. In Jesus' name, amen. In fact, if you prayed that prayer before and you've never prayed that, reach out to us today, whether either by social media or go to our website, fill out the contact form, or email us at info at hillschurcharcadia.org. The most important thing is you tell somebody today. Maybe somebody's been talking to you about the Lord at work, coffee shop or somewhere. Tell somebody today. As we receive our tithes and offerings, let's read this one verse today out of Psalm 79, verse 13. And it says these words, So we, your people, and sheep of your pasture will give you thanks forever. We will show forth your praise to all generations. Notice what it says. We, your people, you and I are children of God. We're the sheep of his pasture. We'll give him thanks forever. And we're going to show forth your praise to all generations. In fact, as we're mentioning that to all generations, I want to give you an opportunity, and I don't ever do this, whether you're on uh, watching or listening, an opportunity in your giving to give to our kids VBS that'll be coming up in July. You know, as we watch in the society, in American society, and it is happening around the world, but there is no generation that is under more attack than the children that are living in our days whether it's media, school, or a twisted society, they're under attack. And there's never been a time where they need to hear the gospel. And so we positioned ourselves this summer again to do a, a VBS, which stands for Vacation Bible School. If you've never heard that before, we offer it as a completely free event, though it does cost a significant amount of money to do because everything's free. In your giving today, if you feel the Lord directing you also to give, you can go to our website and you can do the drop down to give to Kids VBS. I'd encourage you to do, do so today. And let's together take an opportunity to reach a generation before we have to rescue them. Let's pray this prayer together. 
As I give in today's offering, I thank you, Lord, for all of your provisions in my life. I am amazed at how you are watching over every area of my life. And I bring my offering this day with a thankful heart. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're giving today, you can go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. It's uh, safe, fast, and secure. You can also give by mail. You can write to us, the Hills Church, P.O. Box 661419, Arcadia, California, 91066. And if you need prayer, the most important part, reach out to us, prayer at hillschurcharcadia.org. We'll pray for you, respond back to you as well. And keep up, go to our website, keep up on all the events this coming week. On Saturday, July 11th, is our free food ministry that takes place in the city of Arcadia between 10 a.m. and 12 p.m. And I'm telling you, it's like a farmer's market. There's always uh, plenty of food and opportunity for people to be prayed for. Well, remember this verse, Psalm 121, 1 and 2. I look up to the hills. Where does my help come from? In the days that we're living in, where does your help come from? Your help, my help, it comes from the Lord. He's the one that made the heavens and earth. He's the one that is your helper. We bless you today. And remember, like those words says, you are blessed.